0: Today's episode of the 49ers Unrestricted Podcast. I'm Timmy Gibson here with my co-host, Daniel Bigelow. Daniel, how you doing today?
1: Good morning. Happy Monday. Happy Playoff Football Monday. It is time to go for some exciting games ahead.
0: Yes. Yes, it is. And the 49ers, we knew they were in the playoffs, but we now know they have locked up the two seed, weren't able to get up to that one seed, which was about what we expected, but 49ers put away the Cardinals pretty handily, especially in the second half, to clinch that two seed in the NFC. They are locked in for a matchup on Saturday afternoon against the Seattle Seahawks. It's been a while since we've had an important playoff Seahawks-Niner matchup, since, you know, the Jim Harbaugh days, and I am so excited to see the 49ers go against one of their biggest rivals in round one of the playoffs. We'll talk about this. On paper, shouldn't be much of a challenge, but, I mean, it's the playoffs, it's the Seahawks, it's the 49ers. I think we've got to be watching for everything, you know? So we will will see what happens out there and how it goes.
1: And I know a lot of fans are bummed that we didn't get to the first seed. Um, Pretty challenging feat, uh, even from the start, with the Eagles being as extraordinary as they had been. But I wasn't even expecting the Vikings to slip like they did and for us to get the second seed until just a, a, a number of weeks ago. But I thought we were sitting pretty at at seed number three, and that's where we were going to be heading into playoffs. So I am pleasantly pleased and not so surprised that the Niners were able to sneak in there and get the number two seed heading into playoffs. And I just want to take a minute to... Talk about how incredible that is, that with the season they have had, they're still able to get the second seed in the NFC with having, starting off the year with, I still want to call Trey Lance a rookie because he never truly got that experience, but with his redshirt rookie year almost didn't count to me. Uh, it seemed, seemed that way. Um, but such a young quarterback with little experience breaks his ankle week two. Veteran, uh, Jimmy Garoppolo, I was trying to give him a some sort of inconsistent nickname. But he comes in, breaks his foot. Was that week 13, 14?
0: Yeah, week 13 is when Brock Purdy became the starter. So he must have been injured in week 12. Okay.
1: Well, yeah, I guess so. Cause Purdy came in, he's had four games, uh, since. So, um, Having your you know, we've we've talked about it, you've heard about it, Mr. Relevant coming in, just the fact that we are in seed number two with all the injuries and not on, even just to quarterbacks. And
0: on a ten game winning streak.
1: Yeah, it's just and I've been seeing seeing posts from reporters or what have you here and there just talking about like this kid is special. The Niners team that they have is special, what's going on is special like it sure is. Um but I think we're still not seeing it for what it truly is. And I just wanted to take the first part of the show to talk about and pause and and to look at how truly bonkers this season has been and how we are in this position. Um, I'm going to give a lot of that credit to Kyle Shanahan and to Mecca Ryans for the coaching that we have, the defense that they have put together that has been an absolute stoppage in every way, shape and form. Um, Totally, and I like I've liked Kyle's play calling a lot better. I think the fact that he got Christian McCaffrey there, Debo's back healthy, um, and Elijah Mitchell—we saw some awesome things from him yesterday. It's just an unreal roster, full of talent and full of possibilities. So fun, Absolutely. fun to see how we are at where we're at.
0: Absolutely, and I, I think the other person who deserves a lot of credit is is Brock Purdy, and we've we've given Brock Purdy his credit, but I mean since he became the starter. Brock Purdy, I saw this on Twitter yesterday, sent it to you, Daniel. Brock Purdy is tied for the most touchdown passes in the NFL since he became the starter with 13. And he's also per first in passer rating at 112. He's playing like one of the best quarterbacks in the NFL. And, and you can say, well, the 49ers have this incredible offense, yada, yada, yada. Uh, like, all these things you can say. But ultimately... Jimmy Garoppolo played with this offense for an entire year, was playing at an elite level, but he wasn't leading the NFL in touchdown passes over that stretch. So with all of those things, it comes down to Brock Purdy is playing really, really, really well. And so I think that's important and should be recognized.
1: Instead of what Jimmy Garoppolo leads the league in is most wins by a quarterback without throwing a touchdown. That's... That's what Jimmy is leading in, I believe. He has that record.
0: Yeah, that that seems like a Jimmy Garoppolo stat.
1: It is. Um, Just too funny. So a lot of cool things came out of this game. I think we want to spend more time talking about the the week ahead, but let's just breeze through some of these. Um, A not-so-fun highlight for us was the second play of the game, I believe. Um, A.J. Green got some youth again and destroyed us. Yeah, that was, uh, I think that was more, that was pretty, ridiculous. I thought that was more an error on D Lenoir. Lenore. I don't know what he was doing. He got turned around. He was backpedaling and I'd, I would blame that one on him. Um, but I want to spend more time later in our episode talking about how sick and tired I am of the Niners just blowing it, letting the offense blow up the first drive or even the first few plays and then getting it together. Um, and sadly i think it's my boy Talanoa hufunga who's involved in some of those and uh yeah one of my good friends says uh i like he texted me this yesterday we're talking about that that very thing and he said i've been saying it for a long time that one of who, the one of the greatest things about hufunga is also his weakness so that he is able to make big plays um but sometimes he will will miss those plays and my friend goes into much greater depth about it but um that was a not so fun highlight for us. Uh, the other not so fun highlight for us is that J.J. Watt got two sacks in his last game. Sorry, Brock. I know that's not a, a fun thing for you, but I I think that's kind of cool for for J.J. to go out with two bangs.
0: Totally. Yeah. No. And I mean, you you understand it, right? Like you can. It's it's J.J. Watt. It's two sacks. Like it's not it's not the end of the world for the Niners, even though it's not it's not how we would have wished it to go. You know.
1: Um, Nick Bosa getting his last sack of the season to finish at 18 and a half sacks. Um, Once we finish some of the highlights, Timmy, I wanted to talk about the four potential awards the Niners could receive um, whenever award season is. Um, Bosa is just making his case there with another sack. Um, Brandon Ayuk, gets over 1,000 receiving yards. Yeah. That's a fun accomplishment for him.
0: Brandon Ayuk, I mean, we said this, but he has arrived.
1: The, what's fun is I felt like this was the game of twos in the sense of Elijah Mitchell, two touchdowns, George Kittle, two touchdowns, and to Sean Gibson, two interceptions. I will say those are two of the easiest interceptions I have ever seen in my entire life. Um, Gibson was just right place, right time, and the ball was just thrown to him. So, those are just some fun highlights of the game. If you watch that, those are obviously the the moments you remember. But love seeing this play call, this design that we're able to do with Elijah Mitchell and Christian McCaffrey both, especially in Elijah's first touchdown. Um, That was that was potentially the highlight of of the game for me, just seeing that play design.
0: Yeah, no, that was our secondary is playing very very well and it's been it's been fun to see the the safeties especially with the exception of like you said Hufanga I mean he's young he takes risks you're totally right that's what makes him a special player and that's just something that's going to learn over time and ultimately like absolutely I'll, I'll take those those mistakes for those highlights at this time you know that that's what we want so I'm I'm happy with that And yeah, I'm, I'm loving how this defense is playing still a little as always worried about the cornerback room, but I'm, I'm confident the 49ers can, can get it together for a nice and hopefully a nice little playoff run.
1: Okay. So as I said, the four awards that the Niners have potential to win are Kyle Shanahan is potentially a, I would say not potentially, but he is a candidate. Like there's just no potential. He is a candidate for coach of the year. The obvious one is Nick Bosa being defensive player of the year. There is talk about Christian McCaffrey being comeback player of the year. And then there is obviously talk about Brock Purdy being offensive rookie of the year. That one's so interesting Timing. to
0: me when you think about like how little how little Purdy has played. And yet I mean George Kittle, I think, was talking after the game and was like, Yeah, but look at how much he's done. Like what other rookie has had as significant an impact for his team? And I I think that's totally true. So I yep. I find it pretty interesting for sure. It's an interesting conversation and it's it's worth having. Both the defensive player of the year. I mean, he's got to be the favorite at this point, right? I haven't looked at the betting odds, yeah. but I would be shocked if he if he's be. not the favorite based on how this has been looking recently. So excited about that! I want to know.
1: Yeah. I want to know which uh, award you think that the Niners have locked up the most. Which one do you think? Which one would you be least surprised to see the Niners or a player on the Niners, obviously, walk away with? Def-
0: Defensive player of the year for Bosa. I don't I don't think Kyle Shanahan's going to win coach of the year, even if we, we think he might deserve it. The NFL wants to give that to somebody who's new on the scene, whether that's Nick Sirianni of the Eagles, Mike McDaniel out of Miami, they, or Doug Peterson even in, in Jacksonville who turned that around. Brian Dable is probably the, the favorite in New York. Those That award almost always goes to a coach – who's new to a team and took them from bad to good rather than someone who has been sustaining greatness for for a long time. But I heard I think Steven yeah. Ruiz of The Ringer said a quote I really like, which is I don't maybe it was Danny Hyfitt, someone on the ringer said I don't know why we give out a coach of the year trophy. We have one. It's called the Lombardi Trophy. So let's get Kyle that coach of the year trophy and not worry yep. not worry about the voter one. But yeah, I don't I don't think he's going to win that even if we think he might deserve it. It's just not how the NFL gives out that award. Comeback player of the year, McCaffrey makes sense. I mean, we like to give that to guys who are coming back from big injuries. So I think yep. I think that one could totally be doable, but Defensive player of the year going to the NFL leader in sacks, Nick Bosa, who's been a contender for that award multiple seasons in a row. I I think that's Bosa's award for sure.
1: And He's obviously potentially the biggest part of our defense, so it makes sense. Um, Fred Warner and Dre Greenlaw and their leadership is a huge part of it, but just all the buzz that Nick Bosa gets, not only from Niners fans, but everyone around the NFL just shows how valuable he is and how much of a force he is. And so I think that's what really sets him apart from that. Um, And then offensive rookie of the year is the one where it's a tough point to make. And Kittle spoke on it yesterday talking about, he goes, I know Brock Purdy has not played as long as players like Garrett Wilson or Chris Olave or Kenneth Walker or even, well, I guess he has – Played probably the same amount of time as Brees Hall, but Brees Hall is absolutely who I was going to give it to until he got injured. Uh, Kenneth Walker didn't get to play as much as he is right now, right off the bat. And uh, I'd say Garrett Wilson and Chris Olave got rolling pretty early. And we're used to seeing this go to, I think, the best rookie wide receiver, at least in, in most recent years past. That's what it seems to be like in my mind. Yeah, I, can't remember I think Chris Olave makes went to sense. A running back.
0: Kenneth Walker has had a really nice campaign in Seattle. I think I think a running back could win it. I I think Purdy might actually have had the most impact. I think that's a reasonable argument, but that's not how the NFL has traditionally awarded that, so I don't yeah. really expect it to go to him, but it should be interesting for sure.
1: I think Purdy's had the most impact. That's not <laughs> that is not able to argue um, but, again, as you just said, that's not necessarily what the award goes to. So we could be looking at the wrong thing there. But, Timmy, as we're sitting here talking, I get a notification. You know, the Broncos are going to be looking for a head coach. Yeah. And they just, I just got requested that too. interviews with 49ers Demeco Ryans. Oh, gosh. I hope and he doesn't Rams take that awards, one. But who cares? No, that would be a bummer. That would be a tough one to see a – beloved coach like Demeco Ryans go right to the main rival in the division. Um, you know, it's not fun. I don't enjoy seeing well, – I do. I'm happy for Sala and McDaniels, but I loved having them on the Niners, and so it's tough to see them elsewhere. But I just think it'll be so funny to see so many former Niner coaches as head coaches in the NFL, and I can't wait to see uh, Kyle Shanahan's coaching tree – Uh, 10 years from now totally how massively spread out that is. Totally. Kind of fun to see Salah and McDaniels play each other yesterday too.
0: Totally. It is. And I think that that D'Amico Ryans is going to be a head coach. There's a few different spots, right? The Texans, his old team, fired Lovie Smith. That might make some sense. Daniel and I were talking before the show saying, oh, gosh, I hope he doesn't wind up there. He deserves better than that. But you never know. He He played for that franchise. He might have a lot of love for that franchise. He might want to go there. The Broncos requesting permission. I wouldn't want to tie myself to Russell Wilson the way he was playing last year, but that's always a possibility as well. And then the other options, you know, I just saw on Twitter, like, he might want to keep his eyes on the... Cardinals job and the Rams job. I mean, Sean McVay. It sounds like is mulling over retirement more and more every day. And I don't know if this is worth talking about. But I think Sean McVay retires, walks into a booth, and becomes the best color commentator day one on his job, announcing for Fox or whatever or Amazon or whoever hires him. I th- I think he'd be that good at it. And I can understand that being a tempting, a tempting move for him to make. Cliff Kingsbury, I think, should be fired. Will he be fired? I don't know. But if I'm the Cardinals, I'm I'm firing him for sure. And both of those jobs I think would be interesting. I think I'd rather have the Cardinals job than the Rams job. The Rams have you know, have really built themselves a selves a ship that they've got to sail in. But Cardinals have Kyler Murray, who I I think is still one of the most talented quarterbacks in the NFL. Other jobs to keep an eye on, I mean gosh, who what are the other ones, Daniel, that that might make sense for D'Amico?
1: Um I don't know if he mentioned. Again, I don't know if this one makes sense. I certainly don't think I want it for him. Did you mention the Colts?
0: I did not mention the Colts. The Colts, I would be another option. I think the Colts are going to take our good friend Jimmy Harbaugh, but that's my uh, that's my thought. Okay, he's interviewing with them. He's Sorry. he's a former Colts player. You know, I I think that's where yeah. I expect that's where I expect Jim to be coaching next year. But we'll see.
1: Did you see the Panthers are out on on Jim Harbaugh? I saw.
0: Are they? I thought they were in. I guess that's the other job, D'Amico Ryan's, and that—that's an under, underrated potential landing spot for him. And I'll tell you why. That defense has been really, really good. Exactly. Like JC Horn, yep. who's awesome at the secondary spot. Brian Burns. Brian on the Burns. They have a really, really good defense. So honestly, if I'm, like Ryans, if I'm D'Amico Ryan's, I want. Two thing. There's probably two teams that make the most sense, right? The Broncos have a phenomenal defense, and if you think you can find someone who can fix Russell Wilson, then then that's what you what you got to do. Or
1: you just or know it's Panthers. not going to be Demeco. Yeah, well, that's
0: why like someone like, like Sean Payton coming into that makes a lot of sense. Did you see Russell yes. Wilson after after his game said? Yeah, we finally figured out like what made the offense work. Like Play action, run heavy, and deep shots Like really got it working for us. I was like, uh, yeah, Russ, that was the only thing that ever worked for you in Seattle. And you used to whine about how you didn't want to do that all the time. Like, What are you talking about?
1: And him and Pete Carroll would go at it all the time. And I always thought that was one of the biggest reasons why, is that that was the plays Pete wanted to call. And Russ was never down for him and never happy with it he's like I always get laid out I think what we
0: learned is that not only is it the plays Pete wanted to call but Pete Carroll wanted to call them because they were the only plays that worked for Russell Wilson (laughs) because that's not what their offense has been this year it's been a much more it's been the Shanahan McVeigh offense with with Geno because Geno can see over his offensive lineman into the middle of the field
1: yeah and uh Sean Payton knows how to how to run an offense with a quarterback who can't see over the e- offense. Exactly. Team. So my, if I'm my the, if I'm the
0: Broncos, I'm I'm really trying to bring in Sean Payton. They've apparently talked with the with the Saints about what a compensation package would look like. So yeah, you know, as I think about it, I if I'm D'Amico Ryan's, I might want the Carolina job over any other job.
1: Do you know who uh, what defensive coordinator Jim Harbaugh wants to take?
0: It's probably Vic, right? Yep. I want Vic. I figured we want Vic. I,
1: yep, I, I fig- <laughs> we we want Vic. We want Vic. Um, you know, I don't think I would be upset about it.
0: Yeah, that would be awesome. Um, I just Jim I Harbaugh just might want... not might not come. You know, he said he intends to be the Michigan head coach, all that, but I don't know. I mean, I think he wants to come back to the NFL, and quite frankly, he should be the number one. He and Sean Payton should be the number one candidates this coaching cycle. Jim Harbaugh has like never. I mean, what he does is, you know, he had only been out of the NFL as a player for 10 years before he became the 49ers head coach. He retired in 2001 and he took over the Niners in 2011. That's crazy. And he's never been an assistant. He's like was barely an assistant coach. He was on the Raiders coaching staff for like a year. And then he went and was a college, then was a college head coach, then the Stanford head coach, and then the 49ers head coach. And he wins everywhere he goes. Jimmy Harbaugh is a winner. I love that man. And he wins everywhere he, goes. everywhere he goes Without fail, don't come to the Cardinals Don't be a divisional rival, that would be sad um, But yeah, I think Sean Payton is the guy Who you think could fix Russell Wilson But if I'm D'Amico Ryans, the more I think about it The more I'm like, no, I think I actually do want The Broncos' job because of how awesome that defense is And then I think The the Panthers' job is probably the next one Unless he wants to go home To, to Houston, which I mean, he has every right to do if that's what he wants You know?
1: Yeah, that's like what I I get that and I understand why he would do that. I just hate everything about that. I hate it for him. I hate it for me. I hate it. I guess I don't hate it for the Texans. If he wants to be the one to turn that around, awesome. I just think that's a really tough position to put a first-time head coach in. Give give you this roster with not a whole lot of talent on it. I mean, it's not even a team that has... They, they have been rebuilding for a long time. But I don't know if you can even consider that a rebuild because it has just been so poor, um, they got Derek Stingley with the third overall pick. Great pick. I don't remember who they took with their second pick in the first round. I thought they had two. Yeah, didn't they have two in the top ten? I have to look at the draft. Too many. I only I've now memorized this year's coming draft order um, rather than this last year's. So. You know, Levy Smith went out with a bang, won a game, and took away the the first overall pick from from the Texans right before he gets fired, and hands it to the Chicago Bears, his former uh, team. Yeah, so all I these Bears the fans were like, "Thing, man!" All these Bears fans were tweeting like, "Just a reminder that Lovey
0: Smith is the best Bears coach of the century." Like, continuing yeah. to like help the Bears. And you know what? Credit yeah. to Lovey Smith. Like, he knew he was out. Davis Mills knew he was out. Like, why wouldn't you try to win? That that amused yeah. me to no end. So yeah, I don't I don't know. D'Amico Ryan's I think Houston makes some sense and we'll we'll see what happens.
1: We'll see if that's what he chooses. Yeah, it'll be um, it'll be interesting. Let's move to some playoff action.
0: Let's do it.
1: We are for those of you who do not know, we are going to be playing Saturday home against the seattle seahawks and this is we kind of talked about him a little bit this is a first not first time but first in a long time uh, playoff rivalry game with the seahawks we're used to it being the rams in most recent years um and this is a very new look seahawks in terms of in terms of quarterback mainly um but the times where we have played the seahawks in the playoffs uh, if you have been a Niners fan long enough, you're used to hearing the Legion of Boom, with Richard Sherman, Cam Chancellor, and Earl Thomas. Um, those those players are no longer in the NFL. If you weren't aware, um, it's a very different, very different defense. Uh, different names in there, uh, except I would say Jordan Brooks has quickly taken over as the new Bobby Wagner in every which way. Yeah, he's playing great. Uh, so they got a, oh, he's phenomenal. So. That's that's what you got to worry about on the defense mostly, I would say. Um, and Tariq Woolen is their other top guy, right? Yeah,
0: Daniel. But yeah. I'm surprised you didn't lead with the thing we need to be most worried about the Seattle the Seattle Seahawks, which is Pro Bowler and Seattle Seahawks franchise passing yard record holder quarterback. Gino Smith. That's right, Russ. In one season, Gino threw for more yards than you did in a single season in your entire career in Seattle. Take that, Russ. But Gino's been been playing really well and and all credit is due to him. I don't I'm not like scared of him, but he's he's been playing like one of the best quarterbacks in the NFC and We shouldn't underestimate that. Now, it's worth noting, I mean, the 49ers swept the Seahawks this year along with the rest of the NFC West. But yeah, I think that offense can move the ball well. I'm kind of hopeful. I mean, it is a Shanahan offense, so if anyone knows how to beat a Shanahan offense, it's probably Shanahan. But I think we should be a little worried about them moving the ball, and they they have a solid defense as well. It's one of those things like on paper, and I may have said, I can't remember if I said this earlier when we were recording or before we recorded, but on paper, the 49ers should, should roll. But I have all these emotions, but I'm excited to get to, and I'm scared about it, but I'm excited to get to bring back my hatred for the Seahawks from the, the 2010s. That's going to be going to be a fun time.
1: Can we just take a second and appreciate the fact that we swept the division? I wanted, I'm going to have to look up the last time that has been done. It was in the 90s.
0: Someone was tweeting about it, but I don't remember which year.
1: By any team?
0: Oh no, I'm talking about by the 49ers. 49ers. The last time the 49ers. Yeah. Okay. I'm sure the Patriots did did it more recently.
1: I'm Yeah, I, I can agree with that one. I'm sure they did. Um, but, man, I, that just shows you. That stat just shows you how special this team is, offense and defense, where that has not been done by the Niners since the 90s. Um, and that's electric. I think that's amazing. So very excited about that, excited to see what all that they can do um, in just one playoff game against the Seahawks. So, again, a lot of fun things coming um, for this week. But I, I do understand your point, Timmy, of on paper, it's looking good. But when you bring emotions into it, it uh, gets, gets a little more scary there where, you know, Geno Smith has earned the respect of anyone around him, right? He back up just this last year, didn't work out in New York, took time off, but here we are with him being – the guy that he is, you know, I, I wouldn't go as far to say, yep, this is pro bowler Geno Smith, but I think that there is something to be said for the level of play that he is at. um, And with, you know, healthy offensive weapons in DK Metcalf, Tyler Lockett, you know, multiple games where I'm used to seeing in terms of a fantasy um, outlook, I'm used to seeing uh, a DK Metcalf or a Tyler Lockett only get only get fed the ball enough once each game, only one player. But Gino's making it work for both of them and they still have a good run game. So Timmy, where do you think that where do you think that the Niners might need to shine the most in or, or where is some of the is there a weakness for this Niners team right now on either side of the ball or yeah. What is
0: And it's it's the secondary. That's that's the weakness. That's who we gotta be worried about. That's it's been the weak spot and it's still the weak spot. It's not as weak as it's been but it it is the weak spot. And the safety room is pretty good although I think that um that Talano Hufunga does does make mistakes and that comes out of his his aggressiveness which is something that makes him a special player but it also is is a weakness. But with that's that's the weak spot. And so the Seahawks have had a pretty competent passing game. Tyler Lockett and DK Metcalf are still one of the NFL's best receiving duos, so we need to be at least a little, a little worried about it. But I think, I think that's what I would be the most worried about. But again, on paper, we should, you know, the D line should be all over Geno. Forty ers offense should be rolling. It it shouldn't be close. But I mean, you never know. That's how I feel right now.
1: Yeah, um, and we're we're used to hearing the secondary is is the weak spot, so to speak. So um, if you look at how the Seahawks did against the Rams yesterday when they're fighting for their playoff spot, they went to OT. um, Geno Smith threw the ball 31 times, had 19 completions for 213 yards, one touchdown, two interceptions. Um, We would love to see that same stat line next week in San Francisco to – to compare that to a Kenneth Walker, 29 attempts for 114 yards.
0: Kenneth Walker's really good. Not,
1: but that's an average of 3.9. So if they're going to hold a, a solid running back who runs the ball 29 times to 114 yards, like I'll take that. Um, Tyler Lockett had four receptions for 54 yards and a touchdown. And uh, DK Metcalf had... Eight targets, but only three receptions for 40 yards. So yeah. the Rams secondary seem to really hold these receivers to not a ton of yards, even, you know, not as many completions from Gino either, but I don't think the Niners are going to have a whole lot of problem stopping Kenneth Walker for the most part in the run game, forcing Gino and the receivers to go air attack. And that's and when that's, Bosa gets him. That's, that's where Bosa gets him. So we just need that secondary to be sharp. And we need both said and the rest of the D line to give Gino no time and a whole lot of pressure. So he does not, he's not able to use either of those guys.
0: Totally. And I think that's, that's what we got to do. And that's how the 49ers have been winning. And it's, it's how they'll win again. And that's, that's something we should be very, very excited for. It's going to be a good game. And it's fun to have the 49ers in the playoffs. Want to make some bold predictions, I say, Daniel? Or what else we got to chat yeah, through? I'm excited about this game.
1: I got one more note for we are back healthy yet again. Um, I know uh, Aaron Banks. I don't know his status for Saturday. I know he was out this last week. Uh, Dre Greenlaw did not play, but I do think he'll be ready. I don't know if you know more on Dre.
0: No, I, um, I don't. I know Debo was back this week, which was phenomenal. Yes,
1: so... Debo and Elijah Mitchell, again, every time it seems we get guys back and then one or two go down in the same week. So Debo Samuel's back. He was in limited fashion. Um, We did a a screen pass with him, and he quickly got out of bounds, and then I could see one or two limps off of that ankle, and that just made me think that he rushed back or you know, maybe they just intended because they barely used him. Maybe the intent was to just get him some game action before the playoffs and keep him fresh. But not to not overdo it. Elijah Mitchell obviously was good to go with his two touchdowns and the, the play that he had back in his first week. Uh, we talked about it last week. Where anytime Elijah Mitchell comes back, it is it's not a an ease him back into the play. It's give him twenty to thirty carries for two touchdowns and something like he comes back. I don't think he, Kyle Shanahan
0: back. really understands the concept of easing things on running backs.
1: No, not. Is specifically on running backs, uh, not with Elijah Mitchell. Um, he is treated – he is just fed heapings of run plays every time. So the play design that we have with both of those guys back and then having a healthy Kittle, having a healthy IUK and Christian McCaffrey is just huge. So I would love to see Aaron Banks getting back so we have just everyone all – all the offensive starters in there ready to go. Um, And we will hear reports on Dre Greenlaw this week. If he's not ready, we will hear it. I'm expecting to see something from Mayoko or or whoever on Greenlaw today and his status for Saturday. Um, I want to say there's one more injury that I can't think of um, other than the fact that uh, – what's his name? (laughs) I almost said Dre Kinlaw. Javon Kinlaw was dressed – and played some I believe. Um. Yeah. I don't think he made it onto the stat sheet, but I saw him in Fort- pads on the, Oh, he yeah. did. He had one time. 49ers have
0: been, you know, really easing things on him with his knee, but he's been playing well. I mean, it's uh, yes. it's it's crazy. He looks like a first-round pick every time he's on the field. He's just rarely there. So if he can come in even just to like spell Eric Armstead from time to time, I think that's going to be really really good for the 49ers. For the first time in a long time, F- compared to like talking about last year's playoff run for example this team is pretty healthy all things considered i mean debo was back from his ankle injury i mean i guess the two quarterback injuries but besides that <laughs> the this 49ers team is is in really good good health coming into the playoffs which is is super exciting
1: and in- it's it absolutely is exciting, but it is also so cool knowing and it it gives me a lot of calm in the in the defense and just this idea of next man up where Aziz Al Shire is the third linebacker on, on this team, but we've talked about plenty of times about how he could go to any other team and easily be the number one or number absolutely. two guy. He steps in for Dre Greenlaw and he leads the team in tackles yesterday. He had ten solo uh sorry, ten combined tackles and four solo tackles yesterday. So he just comes right in, steps right into Dre Dre Greenlaw's spot, and just completely does exactly what Dre does. And it's almost like nothing ever happened. And so that's just the beauty of this team and how it can be next man up. And it's not only they're ready to go, but they shine in just the same way. So this is a
0: really incredible to see. And this Uh, is when it it really gets fun. You know, this is when things really get started wild card weekend.
1: Well, what's just so crazy to see, I was just finishing scrolling through the stats as we're going to go to our bold predictions. That'll help me make mine. But Brock Purdy only threw the ball 20 times. He had 15 completions for 178 yards. So not a big game for him stat-wise, but he had three touchdowns and no interceptions. So with only five completions, that's every five times he threw the ball yesterday, touchdown.
0: I love him so much.
1: Yeah, that's, that's an incredible thing to see, and looking ahead in the fact that we have a rookie quarterback who has not even played a full year, but a rookie quarterback heading into the playoffs as the number two seed, you know, we've seen a lot of buzz about no rookie quarterback has ever started or played in a Super Bowl, right? Totally, yeah. But we have we have quite an opportunity to see that stat change. from
0: Mr. irrelevant to playoff caliber quarterback. But yeah, you know, going into this week the 49ers should advance like on paper, but anything can happen in the playoffs. And so that is what is what's important. So, yeah, sit on the edge of your seats, enjoy this 49ers fans. You never know when a playoff run might be your last. And so let's not I that sounds very existential, but you know what I mean. Um, let's, <laughs> let's, get to, let's get to those bold predictions. Let's get some bold predictions out before we log off.
1: Um, to refresh from yours last week, I, all I have down for you is Ray Ray McLeod. Were you talking Ray Ray McLeod touchdown or just, just a big a game, game from Ray game Ray McLeod? For, I don't. For Ray Ray McLeod.
0: And listeners, we've run into again, and very sorry, some technical difficulties. So we may not have our episode up from last week at this point, but these were our last week's bold predictions. And, you know, if you don't trust us, I'm sorry you're not a trusting person.
1: <laughs> um, I wrote, I had down for a Kittle touchdown. You and got it. I should have. I should have doubled or nothing that, Brock Purdy um, is, um, and is I said Brock Kittle stays rolling. Than
0: Jimmy Garoppolo did.
1: I think Brock Purdy's feeding Kittle as better than anyone Kittle ever Fades have. In, one
0: league. I've been very happy with uh, Brock.
1: Yeah. Um, and again, 15 completions from Brock Purdy for three touchdowns. As every five completions, it's a touchdown. So I'm going to count that as Brock stays rolling. I'm yeah. going to count that. Three touchdowns, no interceptions.
0: Yeah, I don't know if we can call it a Ray-Ray McLeod game, but I don't know. Ray-Ray's just been been really good.
1: I think we're going to see something from him next week. I think there will be some sort of play where he gets in there and they're at least going to try to get that 73-yard run back. So, gosh, it's always so hard to make these, especially when it's playoff time. Um, my bold prediction is that Purdy is going to throw. He's going to throw for three touchdowns. Whoa! And and I'm just going to throw in that he's going to look sharp. So Purdy's going to throw for three touchdowns and look sharp. Say, and so we'll talk Brock, about what that Purdy, what that uh, looks like. Rolling. Yeah, Line? right. Um. Is, oh, sorry. Take- I I think he is going to shine. No, it's just you. You made that comment. If he keeps rolling, I I agree with you, and I think that looking sharp doesn't mean no picks, but I, I think it means he's got a good completion percentage, like he has this whole his whole time as a starter, um, as well as I mean, I just there's no better way to describe it than he's looked so sharp in his decision making and his ball placement. Absolutely, um, and I just don't think that changes. He is cool as a cucumber. He is calm, cool, and collected, and I don't think that him starting his first playoff game is going to hinder that by any means.
0: I'm going to go on the offensive side of the ball as well. I'm going to say that Elijah Mitchell and Christian McCaffrey each have a touchdown. I'm not going to specify both rushing, although I think that might be the case, but I think we're going to get an Elijah Mitchell touchdown and a Christian McCaffrey touchdown.
1: Yeah, I don't think you need to specify receiving or... Or rushing for them. And I like that. I would agree with that one. So I think that's very fair. Gosh, I just – I constantly will think about just uh, our last note, finishing with Brock Purdy because we just can't stop talking about this man. But just thinking about where he was 10 weeks ago as Mr. Irrelevant, not a whole lot of people knowing his name, comes in, finishes the game against the Dolphins in stellar fashion, wins every game he's ever played in and started since then. And now he's taking the number two seed in the NFC into playoffs and all eyes are on him. I'm sure a lot of general managers have eyes on him. And I don't know if the, if the Niners will be fielding calls this off season for him, um, but they will get some, whether they want I know them or someone not.
0: who's going to be making calls as we listen, as we wrap up the episode, I have breaking news for us, Daniel. Guess what? Want
1: to guess what the breaking news is? Oh, gosh. Don't look at your phone.
0: Don't look at your phone. You'll see it.
1: Uh, oh, uh, is it a it coach, is firing? coach
0: firing? Did you see it, or should I have you guess? All right. No. Guess. Which coach? I you did not was fired.
1: Is Cliff, Cliff is, gone. is
0: gone? Cliff Kingsbury is fired oh, as good. The Cardinals head coach. As a 49ers fan, I'm a little bummed. I was excited to just keep having our team be better than Cliff's team for a long, long time. But as someone who does like Kyler Murray, I'm excited to see him with a good offensive mind. So that's another uh, opening to keep an eye on. Cliff, who was under contract through the 2027 season, was just fired.
1: Jeez. Yeah, with how poorly this season ended, and I don't don't just mean the record, but I mean the way that there was so much talk between Kyler, Cliff, yeah, so I just don't know how you come back from that, especially if it was like a a team that was killing it and just had some trouble with the coach, but it was there was just red all over that hot seat.
0: But it's fun, it's fun to see. All right. Daniel, it's playoff time. Enjoy this game. Have a great week, and listeners, yeah, enjoy enjoy the playoffs.
1: It's playoff yeah. football. All right,
0: bye Peace everybody. Stay safe. <laughs>